Welcome to More to Come, PW Comic World's weekly podcast on comics and graphic novels. I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor of Publishers Weekly and Co-Editor of PW Comics World. Check us out online at publishersweekly.com slash comics. Well, um, you know, I'm trying to figure out the schedule. I first met this woman in May of 2016 in Chicago. Uh, It's been awesome. A lot of stuff has happened uh, since then. Emil Ferris, thank you. Did I I just mangle your name? Um, (laughs) Thank you so much for being on More to Come again. So grateful to be back again, and you've done so much for me, and your advocacy for this book has been monumental for the book, and Calvin, you're a force in comics. Everybody knows you and loves you, and I, I <laughs> well, so appreciate you. what you've done. Uh, and we're talking about my favorite thing is Monsters, published right. by Fantagraphics mm-hmm. in uh, 2016. Thank you for saying that. Um, means a lot to me. Uh, and your book, what's been amazing is your book has touched so many people. Uh, and you don't have to bend over to the microphone. It's all good. <laughs> it's okay. Gee, I did that again. I did <laughs> that's again. all right. It's such an old that's anyway, okay. That's it's okay. It's all good. But uh, we're obviously having a little homecoming here. I, you know, in fact, one of the things I have to be saying, I need to reread the book because I read it so, it was so blown away by it, but I read it like so far ahead. The, where nobody else had read it, and then and no, finally, the I couldn't talk you were to anybody. Basically, the first. I couldn't talk I, to anybody about it. According to Jacket Fanographics, you were literally the first person to read it, and, and she, we were just talking about that, and that's really an important thing to be the Adam. You were the Adam. Well, of the book. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and but, but I couldn't talk to anybody about it except Gary Graw, uh, right. your publisher, uh, and we both sort of had similar experiences of being basically. Uh, obsessed with the book and not being able to put it down your characters your drawing your 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 portrayal of chicago and the this collection of 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 misfits and uh, but human i'm calling them misfits but the humanity that you paint your characters with collected around your central character karen uh, they were just irresistible and of course, now that people can actually buy it, that's a whole long story about the the, right. the crazy journey of the book. Uh, we see that other people are flocking to these characters too, and to your storytelling. So, I, congratulations! I'm, thank you very much. I'm tremendously blessed. I'm tremendously favored. Um, I am incredibly grateful for the people of um, just a lot of wonderful readers. I mean, it's what you want as an author. You want brilliant people to harbor you, your words and your pictures for a little while. And I've been so favored in that way. I've, I've allowed, people have allowed their imagination to live inside the book and accrue uh, space in, their, in, them, in themselves. And that's a great gift that an author gets Boy, from their readership. Yeah. So the book was originally supposed to be published in 2016. Through uh, the, the vagaries of international printing and publishing, it got stranded. You missed your pub date. was pushed to 2017. The media started uh, reading it. Uh, well, I'll it tell you a funny up. story. Yes, it did. And, and I have to say, I was, you know, I was kind of, I was bummed out. But then Jack at Fanographics, Jack Cohen, said, no, no, no. We don't approach it as a negative. We're just going to let people know that there's something out there that has been held up. And then the curiosity will peak. 
And she was, of course, absolutely right. Yeah. And uh, Gary said, you know, we're going we're gonna to work this out. We were all just sort of fumbling around because it, it was an unprecedented uh, catastrophe for the book. Yeah. But it was a short-term catastrophe. Of course, at the time, I joked to my friends, I may become the number one Panamanian graphic novelist, as it had been arrested in Panama. <laughs> the and the rest <laughs> of the world may never know of me. But I, I could go to Panama. and and people might know me there Uh, so we didn't really know what was going to happen to it Uh, but you know it it ended up being as so many uh, laboratory accidents are (laughs) it ended up being a monstrously good thing yes well monsters uh, return to the scene again well um, it's not only an artistic success obviously it's been a commercial success I mean certainly for us small publisher like Fantagraphic, the, the numbers, I've heard it's like 70,000 copies in print. Right. That's amazing. Frankly, it's amazing for anybody's book, uh, but really uh, for Fantagraphics and for an, an, an artist such as yourself that really didn't have much of a no no tracker. I mean, yeah. you were on that panel uh, that I had where I, I first met the, you at Book Expo. The first panel I ever did. Yeah. Principally because you were in Chicago, I just right. was, I was I wanted to, needed a warm body until I started reading the book. Well, that was a great good fortune for me that year. Um, I was amazed and honored. Who could imagine being on a panel with uh, Raina Telgemeier yeah. and Box Brown? Yeah. People whom I didn't know of at the time, but I came to admire tremendously, yeah. having read their work and just been blown away by their sure. work. So I was so pleased that you chose me, and I had no idea why. <laughs> And well, then I saw you, and uh, you just had this openness, and I, of course, cried like an idiot. And, um, you know, it was, well, it was I, funny. I felt like crying myself. I mean, I had read the book by then. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, at one point, it was just as, well, this sounds interesting. Didn't, but I, there was that point, and, uh, and Jock and I talk about this, where I had been reading the book, and I sent her this email and saying, who is this person? <laughs> And she says, well, that's going to be the question everybody's going to be on everyone's lips. Because I, I was just captured by the book. Yeah. And then later captured by you. Well, thank you for that. Um, <laughs> I, I, that's, it's an enormous good fortune for me and for the book that so many very brilliant people decided to champion it. Uh, and you, of course, firstly, and chief among them in, in, in the initial stage. I, I'm very grateful. Uh, well, one of your other champions uh, turned out to be Art Spiegelman. Yes, and uh, I'm incredibly grateful to both him mm-hmm. and to Francois. Yes, uh, Francois Mouly, uh, mm-hmm. for their advocacy for me. Um, I've had other advocates. Uh, yes. Chris Ware has yeah. been an advocate. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Chicago uh, thing. Yeah, and <laughs> recently, I, I I don't want to name drop, except that I'm still amazed that um, Matt Groening came to uh, ah. a, a, the Blab show that I was in, uh, in L.A., and there's work up right now uh, in Copro Gallery, and uh, I got to meet him. Of course, that was a dream. Yeah, you know, sure. Because <laughs> I had read Life in Hell. It was one of, of his, Linda Berry and Matt Groening were my, you know, mm-hmm. in the Reader, in Chicago Reader. Sure. They were some of my first mm-hmm. uh, crushes, comics <laughs> crushes. And so there I am talking to Matt Groening. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, it, yeah. it just it's, it shouldn't even be. And well, as uh, Gary and I talking about you and your book, I mean, we, your the story of you just being found and recognized and your book embraced. You know, it's a story that you hear in literary circles, but it almost never happens. 
It's been it's been but amazing. But it's happening. But it did happen, and and this is what I really want to say um, as an advocate, as a 55 year old person who really was a single parent, raised a child, didn't yes. didn't have uh, overcame a disability. Yeah, and there were many you know obstacles to getting to this point. I want to say we really discount people over a certain age too quickly. We imagine that the only uh, really unique things can come from very young people, but that's not the truth. The truth is people of a certain age have wisdom and experience that's worthy of our notice. And I think we, we do ourselves a disservice as a community culturally if we don't recognize those people and if we don't give them an opportunity. And I think the worst thing that happens is those people don't give themselves an opportunity. They give up because the world doesn't seem to be receptive. Well, I would just say to somebody listening to me right now who has a dream to accomplish something, whatever it might be, please, we need you. Yeah. You must accomplish it. You must finish this work that you've started. You must, um, you must engage your brilliance and, and your vision, and you must bring it out into the world. And, you know, hopefully, we don't have a word in English for a late bloomer, exactly, maybe late bloomer, but I'm sure the Germans have a 26-letter word, yeah. and it's exact, it's specific, <laughs> because they're sure. very good at that. Um, but I would say we need a word for that, yeah. um, maybe other than late bloomer, which seems a little odd. But, um, yeah, I hope that answers your question. I don't know. That it absolutely is. So here at SBX, um, you're on a panel. Uh, you're going to be in conversation um, with another uh, artist. I with who. Michael Kavna. Oh, yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's going to be, I'm going to uh, get around to that. Um, so you've, ta you, you've mentioned a little bit about what it's like. I mean, you, you your book was originally like a 700-page or something like that. Fanographic is sort of, you, you both work together to kind of make two volumes. The second one is coming. Uh, maybe you can tell us a little bit about that. Uh, can you can you give us a little insight in, into the second volume of my oh, favorite absolutely. thing without spoilers? But um, well, I don't know if that spoilers are important. But these characters, we want to know what what happens to Karen and what. Well, you know. One of the things that I'm approaching, and it's sort of a tender thing to mention, is what it means to be a female person in a culture that makes war on women uh, in many, many different ways. Sure. And uh, the fearfulness that you approach that endeavor of being female with when you are maybe 10, 11, 12 years old, mm -hmm. uh, especially if losses figure into that, and for Karen it's the loss of strong female support, so she's positioned uh, without her mother. And uh, if you haven't read the, I mean, I guess that's a spoiler if you haven't read the first book. But um, she also is facing some of the effects of the Vietnam War mm -hmm. on her family. And uh, she's uh, approaching her own sexual identity. Yes. And it's uh, a fearful thing. So, you know, the 1960s is this pivotal point when we're opening doors for sexual freedom, but we're still we're still dragging the 1950s with yeah. us. Yeah. So she's uh, she's doing that, yeah. and um, well, uh, there are some surprises. Uh -huh. There are some things that will happen in the book uh, that might surprise people about Karen. Uh -huh. She may do, and she may consider acts that are violent, and. Uh, I can't tell you what she, what her sure. response to that temptation will be. Um, she she will 
she may be an entirely different character to most people mm -hmm. by the end of book two. Right. And um, that's well, we've frightening We've met her at a very early yes. point in her, her yeah, life, so yeah. there's obviously more to her development to come. That's very, very much so. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm a little... Without giving too much away, there are points when I wonder if uh, this book will be uh, looked at unfavorably by people who don't want to approach the realities of mm -hmm. being a child and growing mm -hmm. up with uh, issues of sexual identity. But um, I think those things have to be spoken about, and the people we have to protect and support our vulnerable members, and uh, we must never, we must never fail at that endeavor. And well, I unfortunately, society sort of does fail at it. Uh, um, yeah. And it's kind of interesting. Obviously, you worked on this book for many, many years. It's found its readership, it seemed, at just the right time for these issues mm -hmm. to, to be taken right. far more seriously, maybe, in some ways, than they ever have been before. Well, the, yes. And um, one of the things that has astonished me was... Well, I would call it the rise of Nazism in the United yeah, States well, of America. Yeah, that's exactly uh, what it is. Exactly. And the book is dealing with some of those issues. Uh -huh. I, I can't say that I'm displeased that we're seeing what has always been under the surface, but um, I hate to think of it spreading. Yeah. And I really hope that people realize that um, there's a line in the book about being a Nazi, a person who does not yeah. see... And I think it is that this behavior will destroy you. To blind yourself is a destructive act. And um, a Nazi will do that. Maybe we should send a couple copies to the White House. Well, there is that thought, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, how about that? Anyway, <laughs> just a thought anyway. Yeah. Um, so, how, I mean, you're traveling now. You're, you're, you're at a lot, I mean, are you, are you able to work? I mean, you, you've got... You've it's got fans difficult. now, you know, I mean... I mean it's I very difficult. Um, I, I will say this. The experience of traveling has enriched the production of book two mm -hmm. and has afforded me the opportunity to enhance it in uh -huh. some ways. Uh, people are always giving me quotes and information that um, inspires me, mm -hmm. and it gives me a greater sense of dedication to... The book is really finished, essentially, but there are things that need to be improved in it. Um, and, you know, I just, I get a lot of things from people energetically, mm -hmm. but I would tell you that it makes it very hard to work. You have to yeah. divide yourself, and as a matter of practicality, it's very difficult to do. Because you hate to disappoint anyone, mm -hmm. but yeah. you, you really have to disappoint people well, in order to, to get it done. Well, I had to pull you away from your table here at SBX, yeah. And I was, and you know, it's, it's, there's always a, you're conflicted all the time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that is hard. Yeah. And uh, I'm a person who raised, single parent raised a child, so the idea of disappointing someone is very painful yeah. to me. Um, but you have to do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The work's got to be done. Exactly. Um, uh, you know, I, well, it's just so good to see you. Um, you as well. Uh, you know, I, as I said, I've got to reread the book. I've, I've read, I read it so far in advance, and now um, I want to, I want to, I want to refresh my memory of your characters as I, uh, in anticipation of volume two. Thank you for that. So, um, Thank you for any time that you <laughs> put your imagination, your beautiful imagination into the book. I appreciate that. Well, well I think in a spiritual a plane, it, it, it enlarges <laughs> the book. And we can't see, the, the, the world is an unseen world. The, the things that are beautiful, we can't see. 
So uh, I give you thanks for that, and I give uh, my readership now that I have yes, thanks to you yes. uh, <laughs> and Fanographics and Gary and Jeff. Uh, I give I give uh, all of you thanks, a great deal thanks for this. Well, I think that's a perfect note to end this. Uh, I w- will pair this with the other interview that I did with you. You know, some, some a book back, ending, back, a book yeah, ending, yeah. some back. It was some off to the way place in uh, McCormick at Center. McCormick Center in yeah. Chicago, right. and uh, I was so. I was so enthusiastic. I'm not, I mean, I, I was, uh, you know, I could barely interview you because that's the effect that that book has on you. Your characters are so fresh. Oh. You're, and, and, and it's an emotional book, but it's a formally inventive book. Not to get, not to get super nerdy on the audience here, but you do things with storytelling, uh, and I, and Art and I talked about this that we haven't seen anybody do. So. You know, this your book just works on so many levels. So, thank you, um, so much. Emil. It's just a pleasure to meet you. Great to read your book, and thank you for being on More to Come yet again. Thank you for having me. Calvin. Anytime. P.W. Comic World's weekly podcast on comics and graphic novel publishing. I'm Calvin Reed, senior news editor of Publishers Weekly and co-editor of P.W. Comics World. All right, we're back on the floor of SBX, a small press expo, and I have the pleasure of talking with Warren Bernard, the executive director of XBX. Warren, thank you so much for being on More to Come. Thank, look, thank you very much for, for asking me to contribute to your podcast. <laughs> I am honored, okay? Well, that's, well, that, that, that's, that's very, uh, very gracious of you. So, look... Um, uh, Tell us about SBX. I mean, this is obviously, I mean, for me, it's just one of the best indie shows. Oh, thank you. Uh, we we an, appreciate that. Uh, you know, uh, it, it's only gotten better in the time uh, that I've been here, uh, been coming, and I came to it before it was here at this, the North right. Northwest yeah, of Marriott. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was at the old place. Um, uh, you've got uh, just a great slate of programming. Uh, yeah. And all of the other parts of your program, working with the Library of Congress. Yeah. Um, you know, give us a stream of consciousness about, you know, what your job is about. Well, uh, we'll take the Library of Congress. Okay. First, you know, yeah. right now there are five curators from the Library of Congress right. going mm-hmm. going around the floor, looking for contributions right. to the SPX right. collection. Mm-hmm. And the SPX collection is it was the first one established in the United mm-hmm. States to just collect the indie comics world, because a lot of what the people do is ephemeral. They'll mm-hmm. print up fifty or a hundred or twenty sure. issues of something for that show, and then it's gone, mm-hmm. and you can't find it. So uh, now, as of now, we have about 5,000 pieces in the collection. This is great. Okay. So we're we're real happy. Mm -hmm. We're real happy with that. And this year... I love how you really work hand in glove with the the Library of Congress. Yeah, I'm I'm lucky because I've I've been a long-time volunteer down there. Uh, And so I was able to pull the Library of Congress SPX collection deal together. mm -hmm. And then the other thing that we were able to pull together is being a sponsor of the National Book Festival. Mm -hmm. Ah, So mm -hmm. so this year we brought down Leakin Purse of Mm -hmm. Big Nate. Okay. Oh, oh yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mike Lester and Antel Ness. Uh, so, and you know, previous years, like we're the ones who brought Gene Yang down. We yes. brought Linda Barry mm-hmm. to the National Book Festival, and this is taking the indie comics people and putting them on this. As you know, the National Book Festival is the biggest one yes. in the U.S. So, part of our thing is to expose the world to what's going on here. And so we're real honored that we're able to work with the Library of Congress to get people up on that stage. Yes. To uh, you know to further the cause of indie comics. Um, this year, the con- one of the contrasts I love is is that we've got Tilly Walden, yes, okay, and we have Emil Ferris, two artists who I think are just amazing, unbelievable, yeah, okay. 
And, and um, in fact, I'm interviewing Tilly tomorrow as part of the programming. That's going to be, that's good. I, unfortunately, I'm going to be leaving tomorrow, right, but yeah. I had the, the, the pleasure of interviewing her uh, at San Diego. Oh, okay. And, and of course, uh, the, I love the book. The, this memoir that she's done is really have you read? Have you read Anna Sunbeam? No, I haven't. The webcomic. No, I have not. Well, it's unbelievable. Yeah. I, okay. I, spinning, spinning was different. It's, it's a memoir, mm -hmm. okay? And what she was drawing, okay, was very close and personal. And, you know, she was focusing on the interactions of people. Yeah. Anna Sunbeam is showing Tilly at her expansive fantasy finest oh okay all right it is in fact she came over to my house and we were we looked at a lot of Windsor McKay she's a big uh, Windsor McCain and uh, Miyazaki fan uh, and when you look at on a sunbeam you're like oh my god yeah all okay, right I, well, it I, is it is truly incredible and then Emil Ferris and if you think about generationally sure. okay you have these two just amazing women one who was both of them just starting yes okay and yet both of them at very different points in their lives very different techniques and styles, but doing just this amazing work. So we're, you know, we're yes. absolutely <laughs> thrilled to death to have yeah. to have them. And you know, we, we've we've got uh, uh, you know Eleanor Davis is also yes, here. She, she did the, mm -hmm. the program cover. So you know, we normally stack about we're averaging between twenty and twenty-five special guests a year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you know, so our uh, I hate to put it in such callous terms, but our business model is is that we we want to go ahead and have these very you know because washington dc we've got some local talent mm -hmm. but we're not new york and we're not mm -hmm. la and we're not we're not these different places we're not toronto mm -hmm. so we basically bring all these people in to go ahead and you know have this wide sort of like san diego comic-con expansive view of what you know the the special guest list is, and and and, and it's a good comparison uh, with San Diego. Oh my but god! It's, but it's really. <laughs> but I will say this: I mean, you're. This is a, still a publishing show. Yes. Though, though yes. I though I think last year did, wasn't there some game? There was a gaming aspect I heard, or no, 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 no there wasn't a game. No, what no. Am, I'm, I'm confusing with someone else. Um, animation? No. Well, no. Two years ago, two years ago, Nickelodeon came, and they did a pitch for. Um, Maybe that's what a I'm project. Yeah. Okay. That's so it. so they came as a yeah. sponsor, and as a matter of fact, that video just got released by Max Wittard, no. who is a New York creator. That's part of the SPX and Mocha community. Oh, okay. okay. Cool. So when when they did that 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 pitch, okay, so they they had like eighty or ninety people come and pitch stuff oh, two right. years ago. Max is Max won, and his video just got released oh, up great. on the Nickelodeon site. Oh, terrific! And by the way, you, you raise a good point about how many people from the indie comics community go into animation. Oh, absolutely. Okay. In fact, I'd have to say the indie is having a trem the indie tremendous impact tremendous yes, on yes. contemporary animation. You, you now. now have Rebecca Sugar, mm -hmm. who first started at SPX mm -hmm. many years ago uh -huh. with Steven Universe. Sure. Luke Pearson, mm -hmm. okay. Yep. Is going to have his Netflix series. Cool. Okay. You've got Chuck Forsman is mm -hmm. has, yes. has his series coming up. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you've got is it Lisa Hanawalt working with Lisa Hanawalt is uh, right that crazy right. Uh, animation. Um, Bojack Horseman. Yes. Lisa yes. Hanawalt is out there. Yeah. Michael DeForge and yes. a whole bunch of people have done work for Adventure Time. Yeah. Okay. So what a lot of people don't realize is that this, this indie comics world is feeding the world yes. of animation. Yeah. Okay. And actually, right now, I know for a fact on the floor here at SPX, I know we have because I ran into one of the VPs from Nickelodeon. I know Disney is here, ah, and I okay. know Cartoon Network is yeah. here. 
Okay, yeah. I have not met those other two people, but I ran into Phil Rinda from Nickelodeon, who love Phil, cool. love Nickelodeon, uh -huh. okay? So they come, and they don't come just to SPX, of course, but yeah, they, they did start coming here first, and then they, they're moving to the other, other shows. And so there's this impact that the indie comics world is having on both the graphic novel world when you look at the top graphic novels but also the entire world of animation and how many different studios are now doing animation how many outlets there are now for animation Kaylee Seesmeyer mm -hmm. SS, SPXer is now doing work out in LA for one of the animation studios and that to me is just this tremendous opportunity okay and, and I'm like you know I'd love it when when I when I hear that happening, uh, oh, absolutely. And um, my particular uh, territory, which is the book trade, oh, yeah. I mean, part of what we try to do at Publishers Weekly is to make the book trade understand that these are the artists of the future. That's right, absolutely. Because at the major houses, and this wasn't um, the case when I started in publishing, but is the case now. All of the major houses, they looking, they're looking at this community. Sure. As, yeah. As of where the talent is going to come from for books for for graphic novels in the book trade right 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 and you know take Tilly Walden for instance okay absolutely so you know Avery Hill Press small publisher in yeah. London actually they're here mm -hmm. this year which I'm very happy they came over um, and then that led to the first second book sure. okay mm -hmm. you know I hope one day we hear that she signed a big deal with Pantheon yeah. all right yeah. as you know as, you know, if you take Chris Ware, he started out doing yeah. he started out doing comics in alt weeklies in mm -hmm. Chicago. Yeah. Okay, and Groth gave him a you know a start, and then you can see where he yeah. went. And you look at Charles Burns, some of these other people, and they went up the, the they went up the food chain, so to speak, in terms of the publishing houses. And I hope that happens. To everybody that walks yeah. in the door. Okay. <laughs> So let me ask you about the the growth of the show. I mean, I think was it a year or two ago? They, they, they it seems like the uh, the hall got bigger. Oh, oh, it was. Um, was it? Am no, I, no, am it I guess my time span. Ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, out of whack. Yeah. Look, as you know, as you, as you get older, time compresses. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah. So it's like no, it's a little longer back than I thought. Yeah. But, yeah. but so what? So what happened mm -hmm. was was that we were going to go ahead and. We, we thought we were going to automate the website. We got the website up. The website crashed. And so all these people had already paid for tables, and we didn't have a choice, and that's when we opened up the full room. Okay. okay. And so how, how, many, uh, well, how many exhibitors do you have? If I, I think it's like oh, I think this year it's like over 550 uh -huh. or five. Oh no, no, I'm sorry. It's over 600. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because we had trouble putting them all into the program guide. Okay. <laughs> putting all the <laughs> getting, getting names. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So it's it's about 600 creators. We have 280 tables. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. 275 tables. Mm -hmm. All right. And um, you know some people they have you know four or five people behind each table. Sure. Fanographics brings in number. Yeah. D and Q bring there things like that. The smaller publishers, you know, you have some of these publishers with one table is like ten people behind the one table. Now, but yeah, it's like uh, who gets in? Do you is it well, a, there are, is there a, is it a curatorial process? Is it first come first serve? Okay, uh, so a little there, bit there, of both. There there are really three ways. Okay. okay, so one way is is. You know, we've got these publishers, mm -hmm. the Fanographics, the D&Qs, the right. Top Shelves, Koyama Press. Right. What would an indie comic show be right. without them? Okay. Then, you know, in all honesty, there are some people, like, for instance, if Raina Telgemeier says or Gene Yang says, I want a table, I'm not going to stop them. <laughs> right. Okay. They're in. Okay. So, so there are some people yeah. that have been with SPX, like Carla Speed McNeil sure. has been to every SPX. I'm sorry, we're not having one without her. Yes. Okay. Sure. So... There's this, there's this population yeah. of tables that goes to, okay, that. Yeah. And then we have the lottery. Yes. Okay. okay. 
Um, so it's all random number generated. Mm -hmm. There's okay. basically no way to game the system. Okay. Everyone fair. gets an even sure. chance. People and have a shot. People have a shot. And then what we do is, is once the lottery goes and we see who's on the wait list and didn't get in, or if we say, oh, my God, this person should be there but didn't. Mm -hmm. So the executive committee gets together and we say, okay, look, is there anybody we missed? All right? And let's give, you know, Sam Olden or yeah. someone mm -hmm. of that equivalent. Oh, my God, they didn't get in. Or, you know something, the Ignatz nom from last year from right. Best Outstanding, whatever it was, didn't get a table. Let's do that. So there's the, you know, the, the lottery, which is the randomness, and that's where almost probably – it's almost half the room goes mm -hmm. to the lottery. Mm -hmm. The other half goes towards that core group of creators and publishers mm -hmm. that you can't have an indie comic show without. All right? And then there's a certain amount of, you know, someone says, hey, we need person X, whoever it may sure. be. Mm -hmm. You know, like next year if Tilly says, I want a table, you know, you we're not going to find her a table. We're going to find her a table. <laughs> right, exactly. Sure. And, and, that's how, sure. and that's how we do it. Uh, um, uh, let's see. What else do I need to know? Um... What kind of attendance? I mean, do you get over there? How many people show up here? Over um, yeah, you know, the total attendance is 4,000 to 5,000, yeah. somewhere okay. in there, uh -huh. okay, when, yeah. when it's all said and done. I want to ask you, programming. Now, yes. your programming is one of the high points. You have great panels, uh, public interviews, uh, and uh, who puts the program slate together? Well, do you do it, or is it no, a committee, no, no. or? Well, I, I, actually, fortunately, I stay out of it, uh -huh. because, okay. Yeah. Um, so this year we've got Danathan Mejia, mm -hmm. who's uh, helping us from Austin, Texas, and cool. Rob Clow, mm -hmm. who does a lot of work at TCJ.com. So they went out, you know, once we get the exhibitors list, you know, I, I go out early in the year. Like, for instance, I'm going to start asking, we'll probably in about two weeks, uh -huh. who's available for SPX 2018. <laughs> okay, there you okay. go. That's the, way we, that's the way it works. And, and actually <laughs> for 2019 is our 25th anniversary. Oh, great. All right. So I'm, I'm starting. So once we so you're get... working on that, too. <laughs> You have to do it yeah. because, you know, if you want, let's say, Chris Ware, I'm just going to throw a name sure, out, yeah. or Linda Barry, you need to ask a year and a half or two years in advance, yeah. okay, because they get booked. Well, anyway, so once we get the exhibitors together and once we get the special guests together, then the programming team goes out and says, what is the raw material we have to work with, okay? And, some, and we get suggestions. You know, people say, what about this and what about that? And so some of those we take and some of those we don't, depending on mm -hmm. what Dan and, and Rob do. And so it goes, all goes into this melting pot. And then now, you know, starting last year, uh, Frank Santoro came down with his, uh -huh. with his cartoon workshop staff, and they're doing, you know, how to draw comics panels. And we've added that. Last year was the experiment, and this year we've added it as an official third rung, third mm -hmm. list of panels. And so while all this other panel stuff is going on, you can still learn about how to do comics. And, you know, Frank brings in, like, for instance, Gilbert Hernandez yes. is going to go ahead and talk this year. And other people who have either been through Cartoon Workshop or CCS will come in and actually teach people how to do comics. And so that's how the programming gets together. Great. All right? Uh, well, look, you know, Warren, I'm going to let you get back on the floor. Um, I, it's great to get a chance to talk to you. Usually I see you and we, like, <laughs> we wave and uh, right, yeah, you're sure. running off. But, uh, look, it's great to get a chance to chat, to learn a little bit more about what goes on behind the scenes at SPX. And it's a great show. It's a beloved show. Don't look behind the curtain. Yeah, okay? Well, that's right. That's right. Ignore the, Ignore man, the man behind the curtain. I'm talking with the man behind the curtain. <laughs> uh, but, look, it's great. Uh, thank you for being on More to Come. Thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it.